Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. And welcome everybody to Empowered Love Radio. And welcome to another Thriver Show. And I'm so excited about this week's show because this is the first ever Thriver Show, which is two wonderful NARP members who now met through NARP, through the NARP Forum and their processes and their journey. And they're now in a wonderful evolutionary love relationship together, which is just gorgeous. So I'm interviewing these two very special people. And we have Catsby and Mike. So welcome, guys. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much, Mel. Well, it's just a pleasure to have you. So let's get started. Let's get started on a little bit of background. Okay, so so let's just start off with you, Mike. Mike, your journey. You know, how did you get to NARP? And, and just briefly, briefly, what was your background with narcissistic abuse? Yes, thank you again uh, for the opportunity, Mel. And um, I'll, I'll be 62 years old in about a week, so I've got kind of a long history, but I'm going to keep it real short. Um, yeah. been married yeah, three we times. we want to get to the good stuff. Yeah, we do. We yes. want to get to the good stuff, yes. Yeah, and over the last 15 years, I've had two marriages with a lot of abuse going on. And at the time, I really didn't know it as narcissistic abuse. And over the last two or three years, uh, I was married to a borderline. And that really brought to the forefront um, what was happening with me internally. And uh, at the end of that marriage is when I really started investigating what was going on. I I really didn't even know what NPD or BPD was. But I began to investigate it and knew that I was in deep trouble and that if I didn't learn about what was going on with me, that I would probably repeat it. And that's That's what led me through a lot of uh, web research, um, and eventually led me to your site, which was a real godsend. And things started to turn around at that point. 
Mm, yeah, thank you for that background. So, Catsby, your background briefly that brought you hmm. to NARP. Well, it's different from Mike's and um, might take a little bit longer, but I've got a lifetime of exposure to it. I was um, lucky enough to be born into a family with two narcissistic parents and um, who married and divorced approximately 10 times each. So I I grew, yeah, I know it's kind of a family joke at this point. Um, So I have a, you know, I have a lot of experience with it and it was my norm growing up. So I I learned how to survive in a narcissistic environment, but they were overt narcissists. And then, you know, as we all do, I ended up repeating it in a long-term relationship of 20 plus years, close to 25 years, I think. And I got out of that. That was another overt narcissistic relationship and I kind of knew what I was dealing with after several several years of therapy and then um, a psychology program that I engaged in and um, I became a psychotherapist and uh, found myself working in trauma recovery and dealing with narcissism with about 90% of my clients. I think mm-hmm. it was really What's the universe feeding, yeah, a huge percentage, but like the universe was beating me over the head trying to get a point across and when I exited that last relationship I was uh, free and clear I thought of the issue because I knew so much about it I've been referring people to your website for for years you know I right. six seven eight years for quite a while so I'd watched it grow and I thought I knew all I needed to know about this program or about you know narcissistic recovery abuse recovery but Lo and behold, I found myself in an altruistic narcissist relationship, and yeah. that became clear uh, pretty quick. That. Mm. It was baffling because I'd never yeah. known an altruistic one before, but I figured so it out. So, just to explain fast. to the people at home, just to explain, you know, a little bit more, can you do that? A little bit more about it's what different narcissist means? Oh, yes. Yeah, to me, I can explain what it means to me. Uh, my understanding yes. of the term is someone who is a do-gooder who looks uh, very altruistic in the eyes of everybody around them, but they do it as to, to prop up their own self-esteem. They don't do it from the heart. So yeah, so it's always mm-hmm. there's always an agenda there, and there isn't a high energetic level to it, and it's very demeaning when you're in that situation. But it's also very confusing at first. Because they look so good, you know they can be kind and wonderful, and then you get home you know and the and the story completely changes and I'd never encountered that before, so it caught mm-hmm. me off guard, but at that point, once I kind of clued in and it was my body giving me signs that something was really wrong with this, and being a psychotherapist, I thought I knew all about this, so you know it really surprised me, and that's when I sort of surrendered I guess is the best term and decided I is time for me to practice what I'd been preaching in my work and that's when I bought the program and that made all the difference that was the missing link for me was doing the module work so that's kind of in a nutshell but yeah it, it was the one piece that made the difference Oh, good. I just want to add on a little bit for the people listening mm-hmm. into this about the altruistic narcissist. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it does trip a lot of people up. And if you are dealing with somebody who you think can be really kind and loving and really put themselves out for people, but when they blow out, you know, they're very narcissistic, please go to an article I wrote, Is the Narcissist Capable of Loving? Of being loving mm-hmm. it's all about altruistic narcissists and that article actually the response that i got to that and the emails from that were just in the hundreds so many people went oh my gosh thank goodness now it makes sense so yeah i think it's always good to mention that yeah, yeah. look great to have your background guys and i really want and i think it's awesome that you know, love can come later. Not that you guys are old, you're not at all. But mm-hmm. so often we think that love's passed us by or we can't get it right or we've just had all of these, you know, disappointing and painful and narcissistic relationships. But what I love is there is a pot of gold, at the, you know, when we do this <laughs> journey. And for both of you, that's been each other. And what I love Ooh. about your story, which I'm so excited to share is that both of you started preparing for love, not realizing that the other person was doing the same thing. You didn't even know of each other at that point. No. And that's so, all right. So we'll we'll start off with you, uh, Kat B again, before we get back to Mike. What okay. was going on in that process when you were preparing for love? What What were you doing? What was going on? Um, you know, that is that is something I've asked for most of my life was was to find someone who would love and accept me for who I was. I remember mm-hmm. telling myself when I was 16 years old that's what I wanted, but that I had to be patient. And I think I was just waiting. But while I was waiting all those decades, because I'm in almost my mid-50s now, um, I was not as aware of myself and who I was. I hadn't learned how to love myself and accept yeah. all those, you know, those separated pieces, those rejected parts. And it's so that so integration had that. to happen. Yeah, it had to happen first. But yeah. it's it's been a, a journey of learning and for me, it spans most of my life, and you know, I didn't. When I started the, the program, well, actually, it started a little bit before. You know, I used to go outside and I would look up at the stars at night, and I would, you know, make a wish. And if I saw a falling star, this is what I'd tell myself: "Okay, the wish will come true." And lo and behold, once I was clear of all the narcissists in my life, all those wishes started coming true. I realized I'd better be careful, so I didn't ask for any for myself until I actually did the bonus modules, you know? So I really wasn't looking or I was preparing, but I didn't know I was doing that. That was never, Mm. that was never the end. There wasn't an end goal here for me at all. It just happened. But I have been asking for it for many years, if that makes sense. That's so important what you've said, and it's so true that when we discover, because the thing is, it's, We're looking for love. You know, we want somebody to love us. But what we're really needing to work on is all the barriers within ourselves that have kept us separated from our own love. Right. In order for real love to turn up. Right. 
Right. Yeah. That that was a great experience, you know, in, in doing all the healings. For me is I for the first time I could say I really got self love. Mm. I thought I had it before and I know I did to a certain extent, but not at my core. And that had to happen mm. first for my prayer to be answered in the way I was asking it. Oh, so I was asking for that up that higher level, you know, that higher energetic level, that 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 real authentic connection with someone else. I I wasn't fully connected within myself until you know I did all the guided visualizations, you know, in the in the healings. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. So true, and it and it isn't concept, you know, when it's at our core, it's embodied, it's in our body. It's that beautiful feeling when we walk past a mirror and we catch a glimpse, you know, in the bathroom mirror, we go, you know, I love you, I adore you. <laughs> we really feel it. Yeah. Mm. Very freeing. That's so beautiful, Catsby. I love that. So, Mike, because, Mike, I remember when you came into the NARP private forum and you were just like this blast of light. You were just gobbling up those modules. You were posting the most incredible breakthroughs and things. And you sort of turned into a little bit of a bonus module king with the stuff you were doing. <laughs> I remember it pretty vividly. <laughs> you know, you were a trailblazer in your own right. You would talk to it like a duck to water. So... Mike, your preparation process for love, what did that look like? Well, thank you very much um, <clears throat> for saying that. And, and really, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I was becoming my own trailblazer. It was like, it was almost like I was finally growing up in, in my life. And again, after 60 years, maybe it was time to do that. But um, But it took... The, the pain of, of that abuse that, that brought me there um, in about mid-November of, of last year, 2014. And when I started listening um, to the modules on the web, and, and then I, I, I did a few of the, um, of the modules on the website, and I thought, wow, this is really interesting. I'm, I'm getting some relief already. So I bought the program, and I listened to your tips tape in the beginning, the introductory introductory tape, and I just knew. I, I just had a knowing that this is my one shot in this life to really start getting right with myself. And uh, literally, it was the billboard that dropped on my head. And mm-hmm. I just said, I'm going to do these modules. I don't care what it takes. I'm going to dedicate myself to myself for however long it takes to get relief with myself. And I I began to understand that there was a common denominator with what was going on in my life and and these failed relationships and all the abuse that I suffered. And that was me. And Mm -hmm. so something had to change within me. So as I began to do the modules... Um, mainly in the beginning, just to um, dispense with the pain, 
I, I began to realize more and more that I truly did deserve, if, if that's the best word I can come up with right now, to love myself and to be loved. And to to have the love that maybe I didn't get as, as a young child and, and to be there mm-hmm. for myself. And I knew that for like 20 years with all the things I'd studied and, and had done meditations and had studied a lot of things um, through my other recovery processes, um, being in, in the AA program for a number of years. But it wasn't registered in my body, like Caspi yeah. said. I knew it cognitively, but I wasn't living it because I wasn't whole in my body, at least with respect to relationships. And so as I embarked upon the modules, it it was very personal. I mean, I didn't start getting on the forum until a couple of months later because I just didn't even feel like I I could offer anything. And Mm -hmm. that I was doing so many modules and so much reading all the time and just dumping that pain and and up-leveling it was so incredible to me that I didn't even get on the forum until like February. So that was like a couple yeah. of solid months of module work. Yeah. And yeah. so when Mike, when did you start now? In about the middle part of uh, November. Okay, so November last year. Yes, two thousand fourteen. Okay, beautiful. Okay, beautiful. So from there, there was a progression as I, and I was going through a horrible divorce at the time. And I knew I was going to have to face it alone and doing the modules and doing the program. I really didn't have any other choice, I felt, because doing anything else would have led to disaster. And going back to a bad relationship or even attracting a new one that would be the same way or worse. So through doing the modules, I began to realize that with all the specific topics, one through nine in the modules, I was able to clear out specific issues within my life. But as, as that progressed, I also began to realize that I could use the modules and access to my true self in other arenas and I actually started using them for business, manifesting business opportunities and sales opportunities, um, which worked out really well. I, I, in fact, it was, it was unbelievable. I, I started calling it uh, my genie in a bottle, which was, yes, was I doing, <laughs> which was doing the modules about a specific business problem and then just sitting back and letting it manifest itself of its own accord as opposed to having to work at it so hard. Absolutely. And and then and then do the work when the opportunity came in place, but not to continue to try to force things like I had all, always done. That's so true. You know, when we get our resistance out of the way, then we can show up from a place of inspiration and generation of more positivity rather than doing it from a place of lack and fear. It's completely different. 
That's exactly right. So that so I I manifested a few things with regard to the divorce that was going on that I was in great fear of, but I got through those issues using the modules, mainly module eight, by the way, dozens and dozens of times probably. And I was showing Cassidy my notes, you know, my written notes from all that module work that I had done, two or three phone books thick. I mean, I just really dove into the modules. I didn't care what anybody thought. I I was just going to do this for myself this one time. It was your time. uh, Absolutely. It was my time to do it, and that's the only way I Mm. can explain it. Mm. So what began to, as I began to heal and see some of these good results come in my life and some of the relief and the releasing from that awful peptide addiction, yeah. It dawned on me one day after I truly reached self-level, and I, I can't say exactly when it was. It was a process, but I do remember doing some modules in um, maybe February, March time frame and really feeling that light within myself and truly being at, at, at self-level. Once mm. and for all. And I believe that once you hit that level, you cannot go back. It's irritating. So true. Absolutely. And so it dawned on me a little bit while later, as not not from feeling lonely, but from a position of pure desire and expansion in mm. my life, is that all of these things have worked through manifesting through the modules in all these other areas. Why would it not work in terms of manifesting the perfect lover? Mm. So I, I said, what have I got to do? I'm going to try it. Believing that it would work, knowing it would work, but not necessarily expecting any given result. Just knowing mm. that perfect. I can do this. And that was in April of this past year, around the middle of April. <gasps> Goodness, so continue on. So that was in April that you were working on that. Then what happened? How did Caspi show up in your life? What was the synchronicity? Well, yeah, there there were some nuances there. And what had been going on through my interaction on the forum, there was a group of us, a very tight group uh, from my perspective, Karma and Nora, Cindy, mm-hmm. of course, because Cindy also lives in Michigan, and we had corresponded uh, quite a bit for a month or so, and Catsby, and a few others that were we were coalescing into. I thought was a really great group, and there was there was a lot of interaction back and forth between us, and it, and it felt like it just felt good in my body. What was happening? between all of us. Yeah, and, um, and and then there came a point when uh, something was going on with Catsby and she was sharing something on the modules or on the forum. And I felt, always felt an affinity for her, but it was at the lowest vibrational level, I guess you could say, or it was at 
uh, almost an anonymous one because I didn't know really who she was. Yeah. I didn't know where she lived. I didn't, you know, I only knew her as Catsby. But I began to feel something greater. It was like the, um, it became more personalized. And the best way I can describe it, it was like a, a whisper or a hush that was in my heart. And it was, and all it was, was a feeling for her and for her well-being. Not necessarily romantically, just a genuine vibration for her. And and we've been, you know, corresponding on on the forum maybe for a month or two but only within the context of the group, yeah. not privately. But over that time, it began to feel more and more personal, at least to me. And yeah. so when that occurred, um, she had shared something on the forum and something was going on there with her and, and she was struggling a little bit and she had reached a conclusion and I made the comment, thank God that you were okay. And again, I had never seen her, talked to her, except on the forum. Mm. And that feeling of wanting her well-being, okay, was the basis for our relationship, as far as I'm concerned. And oh, how beautiful. I've talked about this. And it has got nothing, it has done nothing but grow since then. Oh. Along with yeah, our romantic love. Yeah, thank God you're okay. Right. That's such a heart-to-heart statement. I can feel So it was a feeling. It was it was a vibration. It was a feeling. And it was something that I've really never experienced before. Mm, I might uh, just uh, go over to... How beautiful. We might go over to Catsby now and... You know, your experience getting to know Mike on the forum and, you know, the feeling, what were you feeling? Um, similar, I think, to what Mike stated. There was a group of us and I cared about everybody. I, you know, I, my personality, I think it, it, it played a big part in my work as well it, that you know, I care about other people. I feel a lot for other people. Yeah. And we had that tight-knit group, and we're all supporting each other. But when I, I call it my forum meltdown, when I, I had that situation he was referring to, um, it was a learning experience for me. It was something that I needed to clear out of my life. And it was a little confusing in the way I posted it because I didn't want to go into specific details about who was who. So there there was a little bit of a misunderstanding there. And, and, I, and Mike, I believe, thought it had to do with my previous relationship, that I was re-entering that. And, and the way he expressed his concern was so heartfelt. I, I did feel that. And it felt very, I could tell it was coming from the heart and it really touched me. And... Mm. I thought, you know, I, I didn't want to just thank him on the forum, so I private messaged him a, a, a thank you, a sincere thank you for your concern. I really do appreciate it. And that's where we started communicating privately. But as I told him um, a while ago, I was a little bit behind 
because, you know, I had done a bonus module as well. I did two. Um, but the first one, they, they were on the 3rd and 4th of April. So they predated his by a little bit. But I completely forgot I'd done them because of where they took me. But when I went back and read my notes, um, the statement, my, my goal that I wanted to reach in, in the bonus module get to get to 10 out of 10 and was that I wanted to be loved and cherished for who I really was, who I, oh. you know, this, this person mm-hmm. that, you know, then waiting to reveal herself, you know, and, and then blocked, you know, I, I felt that all those blocks had been cleared away. And I think finally I was asking, I was, I was asking for what I was energetically. And, um, that. I was asking yeah, and, for what I was energetically. Right. I right. love that. So, and that is manifestation. Because yeah. when yeah. we are energetically being, then what we want will come. That we become it. We be it, then it comes. Yeah. So true. Yeah. And it did. And and it was very surprising to me, I, you know, because, and it should, probably shouldn't have been a surprise because everything else that I'd asked for for other people for, for their well-being, you know, family members, friends, people on the forum seemed to happen. Why I doubted it would ever happen for me, I think, that was the last hurdle for me to, to get past. And so it was two weeks later, I think, when this, this whole scenario evolved with Mike. After, like, right after he did his his bonus modules, and about two weeks after I did mine, and and they were blind. I mean, I didn't know he had done them. He didn't know I had done them. But once we started communicating privately, it became much more personal very quickly, and still no agenda. I mean, I I remember at one point just asking, where where are you from? Because I didn't even know there was a profile. I, I you know, I'm a little slow with some of this stuff, how the forum works and there's <laughs> more for me to learn, but I didn't know where he was from. And I had been planning to move from where I lived, which was 4,800 miles away, you know, in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. I, you know, wanted to move from there for many years. And I finally had pretty much come to the conclusion that I was going to move back with family and that was uh turned out to be within you know a couple hour drive of where Mike lives and where I now live so I was blown away when he told me where he lived I thought that wow that's a coincidence and that was the beginning of many things that at first I labeled coincidence and I now no longer you know the the things so many things happened that there were so many parallels and and things that it, exchanges between the two of us that were just uncanny, and um, it just grew exponentially. But the fact that it started from such a pure place was the mm-hmm. only way this could have evolved. I know for me, I'll just speak about myself here, but you yeah. know, I I had, I mean, like I said, I, I, narcissism had been my life. And yet somehow I managed to stay true to myself to a large extent, you know, with the additional healing that I needed to do. And I didn't know anything else. And all of a sudden I I found that here's somebody that would say what I was thinking, you know, or vice versa. And we seemed to speak the same language. And really quickly, it, it evolved. To, there was an intimacy to it that felt, to me at least, I, th- I don't, 
you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Mike, but I think I was the one who said we should take this off the forum because this is not a dating site. And and it felt like it was crossing a boundary there. And, you know, not the no, it's, it's not, I didn't want that to infect anything for anyone else. I wanted to keep it separate. And it felt more appropriate to go private at that point. And so we just exchanged emails, and we, and we stayed like that for a while. But mm-hmm. just communicating. And really quickly, it evolved into sharing of music. Very quickly. And then poetry. And for me, the, the musical piece is where things really clicked into place, that this was something extraordinary and very special because that really is what kept me going most of my life. Music has played a huge role. And, you know, singer-songwriters that I love, I would mention one, and Mike would quote a song, uh, a line from a song. Wow. Uh, there's, one, <laughs> there's one in particular that just blew my mind. There's one in particular, a John Lennon song called God. I didn't think he'd even know it. And I asked him if he'd ever heard it, and he quoted back to me, God is a concept by which we measure our pain. And right there, I went. I, I, I want to know more about this person because I don't know anybody who even knows this song, and yet it meant so much to me. And then, you know, I shared some artists with him, and um, I don't know if I'm getting ahead of you here a little bit, but there was uh, an exchange that that was really profound for me that really took this in leaps and bounds. I mean, we we talked about how quickly things went, and yet it felt like we covered so much territory and got to know each other on such a deep level so quickly. And I think it's because of how we communicated through music initially, because music is pure vibration. It's sound waves. And it encompasses, yeah, so many of the senses. But I... I've often called myself a cliff jumper. And when it, you know, to, to take, take the leap and the net will appear as a Buddhist saying, I've tried to live by that as much as I could, you know, to the level I was capable through my life. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here and share a song that really, really had a lot of meaning to me. And I didn't think he'd know the artist. And it turned out he didn't. He loved him. It was Jack Johnson's song, Angel. And he, he does a live version, Angel and Better Together that really speak about really true soul connection in my mind. Mm. And I never share my playlist with anyone. So it was a big, it was a big deal for me to share that song. It might sound trivial to some people, but for me, it had a lot of meaning. And not only did I get back an appreciation for that, I got back a song that blew my mind and that was um, The Rose by Bette Midler. And right there I knew this I need to meet this person. If I don't meet him, you know, it'll be a regret. And 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 still I didn't know if it would become a romantic relationship or not. It was just somebody that was special and we spoke the same language and I really did want to meet him. I wasn't sure how at that point. But that that was a big big Leap and I maybe up leveling. I, I I'm not really sure what to call it, but in connection for me, absolutely. And that that so, is such a soulmate connection that you're explaining. I really do believe that mm-hmm. when we've done the work and when we have mm-hmm. that level of self love, well then that's what brings on soulmates. And yeah. soulmates are 
somebody that's connected in our energetic and evolutionary field in a way that's very compatible and very supportive. Mm-hmm. That was and my that, experience, yes. That's what you're describing. And it's not hard. Yeah. And it's not fraught with <laughs> tension. It's not hard. Yeah. No. It, it requires courage, I think, because, you know, there's, for me, I was no longer afraid of pain. I wasn't afraid of being hurt. Mm-hmm. I knew there would be no rejection, you know, that I was already... You never is when you love yourself. Exactly, exactly. That, you know, everything was coming from a place of love and kindness. How that would develop, I didn't know. But um, I wasn't afraid. And so, you know, it wasn't so hard to take that leap. And, you know, I had friends around me saying, other friends in, in my field as well that I had known for years saying, you know, do you, do you know what this looks like? <laughs> and I'd go, yeah, I know what it looks like, but I know in my core that this is right. I don't know why I know. I just know. Mm-hmm. I can feel it. And so it was really progressing on a on a sensate sort of level, you know, not not your typical getting to know someone, what do you do for a living, this and that. I don't even know if we talked about that initially yeah, I think it took a while to get into those details you know yeah. never talk about don't talk about money or background or anything just yeah. really in the moment energetic interaction which was very yeah. pure yeah. And, yeah, and honest and mm, it just felt word. safe yeah that's the whole vibe isn't it it feels so safe so over to you Mike when Well, first of all, how long was it or when did you actually meet face-to-face? And, Mike, what was that experience like for you? Oh, wow. It was was really tremendous. I, You know, and it wasn't – when I look back, sometimes when I think of it, it seems like it must have been a really long time, but it really wasn't. I think we started corresponding via email – uh, like around maybe April 20th. And we actually met in Detroit around the middle middle part of May. Yeah. Uh, it turned out that, that Catsby was going to be going to New York uh, around that time period. And we, we talked about it when we finally talked on the phone. Um, a few weeks later, because up to that point, we were only corresponding by email and by um, uh, by texting this music and poetry back and forth. But poetry. at any rate, we we met um, we met um, in Detroit around around the middle part of May, and um, she came to Lansing, Michigan, where I where I live for four days and then she went off on her way to uh, to New York. And um I it me mentioned before that that um she felt like she was always or in the beginning like maybe a half a step behind me and I I don't know that that's true but in in some ways I, I can see why she felt that way because I I just knew. I knew before I even met her. I knew wow. before I saw her picture. I knew, I knew at that vibrational level that 
there was something about her and that we would we would click but but at the same time i wasn't hung up on outcomes of that i had already up leveled i'd been at i knew what it was like to be a true self level and i still do and it doesn't matter what happens outwardly anymore i know i'm going to be fine in any given moment and through this relationship that has gotten greater not less that's a beautiful relationship. When you know that your own self-love will never fail you and you're in a relationship and the other person is in the same space, that's, you can't get any better than that. But at any, at any rate, be that as it may, I was a little bit nervous upon going to Detroit and picking her up from the airport. And uh, but as soon as we met and we hugged and it was just amazing and I I just felt it and I think that she did too and then uh, things just went from there. Oh my goodness! Why the perfect? I just love it. I'm feeling it. I'm seeing it. I just oh goodness! How could you not bliss out on love hearing these details? I love it. So, Cassie, what was it like yeah. for you when you met Mike for the first time? Um, I was nervous, too. You know, at that point, I hope you don't mind me bringing this up, Mike, but, but we'd also shared a lot of poetry. It started with uh, a Robert Frost and Khalil Gibran poet, uh, poem, and then, lo and behold, both of us started writing poems to each other and getting more and more expressive um, in terms of how we felt and, you know, what mm-hmm. was going on. And neither one of us had, I know, I'd, I'd never really written poetry before, and Mike can speak to that if he wants to, but um, so a lot had been put out on the table as possibilities, yeah. but you never really know for sure until you meet somebody because then, you know, every like we were talking about this, this energetic stuff that was going on between us from 4,800 miles away. Like there was a funny thing I actually posted on the forum when, when we shared our story a little bit a little while ago, I think it was back in August about how I would wake up in the middle of the night when he would send something and we were a six hour time difference and I didn't, I would just wake up and I look at my phone, which was turned off and turned upside down, so I didn't see it. And sure enough, he would have just sent me something. And it got mm-hmm. to a point where I was sleep deprived, and I had to ask him, "Could you please wait?" And and it, it made no logical sense, but you know, I needed him to hold off a little bit so I could finish my night's sleep. Um, mm-hmm. And we were we were crossing up songs and poems, like push and send at the same time. One time, we mm-hmm. actually shared the same song at the same time. And you know a lot of coincidences like that. So there was there was hope there, but again at the same time a realization that or an understanding. And I think we even talked about this when we did finally speak on the phone. That you know when you meet somebody in person, you, you don't really know for sure. Mm-hmm. And he hadn't. I think finally I sent him a photo, but he didn't even ask for one for the longest time. I don't know if he even asked for one. I might have just sent it. So he would recognize me, you know, when when I got off the plane. But um, 
when we did meet at, there was a moment, you know, or I think like from the, from getting off the plane to getting to the baggage claim, I was thinking, oh my God, what am I doing? But <laughs> it, it evaporated the minute we met. It was so easy. Everything just came mm. easy and naturally. Yeah. And, you know, it's just gotten, like Mike said, deeper and better, I mean, beyond anything I could have imagined because I've never experienced this before. But I can say it's the first time in my life where I, I feel completely myself in the company of another person who I know cares about me. And, I, of course, I feel the same way towards him. And um, it's complete freedom. And it's interesting uh, because I've heard comments recently about people feeling tied down in relationships and that, you know, you have to give up so much. And and I'm thinking, no, you don't, actually. It's the opposite. And that's what I've experienced is more freedom to be myself, more acceptance, you know, just no anxiety whatsoever, uh, no concern, no jealousy, no, there's just no anxiety at all. It just is, and it's real, and I don't have one iota of doubt. And I have never felt that way before about anything. Oh, so, yeah, it, it, you know. It, true soulmate relationship. Yeah, yeah, it's really you know I I don't I, I don't want to come across as you know better than anybody else because you know I've had my share of of uh, <laughs> the opposite I'll say mm-hmm. you know most of my life and it was just finally getting to that point of really knowing who I was and really coming from a place of love and no fear, and it just happened. I did ask for it, and it came from the most unexpected place. I never thought Mm -hmm. I would meet someone in this way, but it turned out to be the only way that I could meet someone. So that initial encounter, any any concern over that was really brief, even though Mm -hmm. all my friends told me I was crazy to divert from my original plans to Detroit where, you know, I did have family back up, but to meet someone I'd never seen before and go spend time with them. But I just knew it was okay. You know, I just, I just knew. And you mated your own soul first. That's why you got on a trajectory of an experience at this high vibration. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I love that. As you said, you know, a place where you could be loved without fear. Yes. That, that's it. That's it. And this is perfect because you've, this is, because this was my next question. You know, how is this different? And you've answered that beautifully. So, Mike, this relationship with Caspi, how is it different from your previous relationship? Oh, wow. In, in practically every way. Um, but it, st- it started with me being different through <clears throat> finally accessing my own true self, really, through the modules. And um, just to digress a little bit, what was happening with me and her, um, with the, this poetry that 
we were sharing before we met. I I was working a lot at the time and uh, staying in a hotel. We were corresponding at, in the evening. Um, we, there was a six-hour time difference. So um, we were sharing emails and texts and uh, and some phone calls. But what I was doing is going to sleep at night after we spoke, and I would keep this writing tablet on the bed because I knew. I knew I was going to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and mm-hmm. I would have this outpouring of poetry. And I've never written poetry before. And it was all about how I felt about me, about life, about her. And it just continuously came night after night for, for quite, a, quite a period of time. That has never happened. I, I don't know where this stuff was coming from, but it, it didn't seem, it even seem like it was coming from me. It seemed like I was just kind of a conduit for mm. a greater force. And I'd like, like wake up in these, almost a sweat. Um, and to get, and I had to capture it in the moment and get the, these words down on a tablet so that then I could formalize it the next night before we, we would correspond again and I could send her this poetry. That's indicative of how this whole thing evolved differently for me. Um, and, and keep in mind, I hadn't even met her yet. We hadn't met. But I could feel it. It was a vibration. It was a vibrational match that I think was being enacted through the law of attraction. But the point is is that I was changing very rapidly. And the only natural thing to do, I felt, was to share that with, with Catsby. I, I just knew it. And that feeling, now that we're together, has got has done nothing but gotten greater every single day. I feel it mm. in my body, in my heart, every day. The love gets greater, not less. You know, uh, some people think that, you know, when you get used to someone that the feeling kind of subsides, and maybe that is the case or has been the case for me in, in many relationships. Not so with her. It gets deeper and deeper every single day. The love for myself. One of the consistent things, Mike, that I hear people say about soulmate relationships is that exactly what you're saying. They get deeper and the love deepens every day. And the love for yourself, for myself, grows every single day and for her. And it's like this big circle. It's a very sublime circle. Catch me and I talk about that all the time. How you can really lay your life down for your friends. I mean, I I understand what that means now. And and I would for her. Um, And also for myself. Because what I do for myself, I do for her and vice versa. And and it really is... That's what differentiates this from relationships in the past because I was not involved. I had not dealt with the pain from my childhood enough to know that I don't need approval from the outside anymore. I'm just fine the way I am. And I can that's what I can offer 
someone else. And isn't it beautiful, Mike, when you're sharing from your overflow? That's right. It's an absolute overflow. Again, I mentioned earlier in the call that I do recall um, a few modules that I was doing um, where I felt that I I was at true self-level. Totally, 100%, completely. It was um, it was a it was a spiritual light that ran through my entire body, and it felt so good. Um, and it lasted for several minutes, and I knew right at that point that I would never go back. Even if I was never in, a, in another love relationship, that was okay because I was in one with me. And and once that happened, that just opened up the doors to, you know, a totally new kind of life and, and love with Cat Speak, for which I'm, I'm totally grateful for. To you, Mel, for being there with with your program when I, I really needed it the most about a year ago. It's it's really amazing. And thank you for that. Oh, you are so welcome, Mike. And I'm so glad that that whatever that synchronicity was that led you to this work, I'm so glad you found it. And I am so thrilled that the two of you have come together. For me, it feels like two soulmates, you know, that have always been connected in time and space. You've come back together in the physical to be the the lights and the love that you are as a force together, which really, you know, shines that, that beautiful soulmate authenticity as a model for unity consciousness in healthy ways that our world needs to up-level toward, that we can be love and share love, you know, rather than trying to do it in the codependent narcissistic dance that, you know, has been so damaging. You guys have modelled the resurrection of all of that and come together and I'm just so grateful that you shine that beacon for the community and for others and that, you know, this was done in, in mid-age. This was, you guys had to work at this. You had to work at yourselves to to be released to this level to make this possible. So thank you for modelling it, both of you, so beautifully. You know, can I can I interject here, Mel? Absolutely. Okay. I, I want to um, say that the work itself, I love it. I've loved it. I enjoy it. I've always, you know, believed in growth, growth potential, you know, for anyone and that anyone could achieve whatever they were willing to put themselves out there to achieve. But the whole growth process, there's not an end result to it. At least I don't see it that way. And like Mike said, it just, things just get better every single day. Mm. That's exciting to me. And I, I think that's, it's helpful too to feel that way because you know the growth just continues. You know when I oh, when we yeah. talk about getting yeah we talk about getting to true self level and and you know clearing away all that the the rubbish and everything that we've got stored inside and loving you know ourselves completely. But since 
and I, I was at that place as an individual, but since we've connected here, I've grown exponentially more. Mm. I mean, there, there, it just continues. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the mm-hmm. insights and, yeah, it's, it, it's, the, and it's just exciting. And so, you know, that, that age old term about the honeymoon period, I, to me, it's just obsolete when you get to this point because, the growth will never end if you embrace it. And, you know, again, there's no fear of any pain that comes along. It just washes over and goes away. There is no conflict because there's communication. And, you know, it's not just two people coming together and being the sum of two people. It's far greater than that. I'm not quite sure how to describe it, but... I think you've done a beautiful job of describing it. The, the and what wonderful is part of the joy. Hmm? Sorry. Absolutely, and that's you know when you've got you know your codependent enmeshed abuse abuse relationships. Well, then they're all about disintegration and dissolving. Right. They're not yeah. about integration and evolving and growth, which is mm-hmm. true soulmate relationship. And we have to be a model of that for ourselves first to be right. able to meet somebody else who's in that framework because mm-hmm. the great thing about you guys is is we know that you know relationships will actually trigger off an unhealed part of ourselves in order to make the unconscious conscious so we can heal it but if anything was to ever tr- trigger off in your growth which would be normal and be human you mm-hmm. both have got the orientation that rather than projecting it at the other person or expecting the other person to fix it you're going to go right. and do your own work and do an up-level, yeah. and then bring that up-leveled, even more loving, expansive state back into the relationship. So how Absolutely. could it not grow? <laughs> well, that that's very true, Mel, and, and you, you'd asked me about what was different about this relationship and what you just said brought to mind. A couple of times that this has occurred with Catsby and I, where I don't even remember exactly what, it was that occurred, but I, I remembered, and it was on the phone. I think she was back home, and I was still here. But um, I remember feeling some pain over what we talked about, and it was there was a moment where it just felt it felt odd. It felt like, "Ooh, this feels familiar," and I remember conveying to her what I was feeling and and how safe I felt in doing that. Mm. And and it was it was it was painful. And my old survival programs had they been there would have said, sweep this under the rug or um you know, yeah, not talk about it or or uh some other means, um or even projecting, like somehow making yeah. it the other person's fault. And she she asked me, Mike, what do you need from me right now? And I said, Cansby, I I just need a couple of moments. And I felt it. I processed it. And it just took a few moments. But she stayed with me. She didn't judge me. She Mm -hmm. was present with me. And I realized, you know, that's really what we all have needed as young children. You know, we've needed our parents to be with us, okay? And then that's what we begin to do for ourselves through up-leveling, okay? 
But if you have a partner that is present with you and that is also able to do the same thing, um, it, it just doesn't get any better than that. But I still needed to process the pain and own it myself. Yes. But when, when I when I looked back on it a day later, I, I went, how remarkable, because, you know, those are the points where I would usually turn back or go in another direction in the past and then start causing a problem for myself or for the other or for both of us. Yes, of course. But through the healings and self, um, attaining true self-level and doing the up-leveling, it almost became impossible, or it did become impossible, for me to go back. So in dealing with Catsby and talking it through with her, she got what I was saying. And she said, okay, fine. Take the time you need, and it's okay. I'm not going anywhere. And that's love. That is that is love right there. That is love. It, absolutely, that is love. Yeah, not trying to fix, not trying to change, and just holding that space for you. How beautiful. Oh, I love what you guys are doing. I just love it. I really, really do. And I'm so excited that you are the first NARP and what a wonderful template you have laid down for the first nut couple. <laughs> but I couldn't have asked for anything more beautiful in the community than, than what you guys are doing. I love it. So I think we're going to wrap it up because, you know, I just, and, you know, how about a little bit down the world we forever, or however this unfolds, we can do a follow up at some point. Because I think uh, a lot of people are going to be really excited, you know, about you guys and your future together, I certainly am. So thank you so much, both of you, for coming on the show. Thank you, Catsby. Oh, you're wonderful. welcome. You're and welcome. My... Thank you. Oh, thank you. You guys are spreading the love. It's wonderful. <laughs> you're going to inspire a lot of people. And Mike, thank you so much. And, you know, from a female to... You know, the guys, and I know I speak for a lot of females, it's just so lovely seeing that guys are really, you know, they're really evolving and they're really doing the work. So thank you, Mike, for modeling. Well, thank you very much again, Mel, for everything that you do and for the program that you've put together. Um, and, and I said this in the beginning, it, it literally saved my life. I mean, I was at pretty much at a point of no return upon finding this program. And people who know me, even my my grown kids and, and many of my friends who who see what's going on with me today versus a year ago are amazed. As as I am, really. And again, thank you very much for everything that you've done and that you're doing for, for thousands out there. It's it's really great. Oh, Mike, you're so welcome. And, you know, you did the work. You really did it. You trailblazed. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you both. So, okay, guys, thank you and and bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, bye-bye. Thanks, Mel. Welcome, bye. Well, everyone, what a special show. Oh, my goodness. It makes me so happy, and I really hope that it can inspire you to know that 
You know, no matter what you've been through and no matter how many times your heart's been broken and what's happened up till now and even if abuse is all that you've ever known, even since a child, you can turn it all around. There is a way to turn it around. And I would love uh, the people that are that, you know, if you want the help and you want to really understand what the program, the NAP program is about, how it can heal your wounds, I'd love you to join me in my next three key webinar, which is coming up very soon. And you can do that by going to melanietoniaevans.com forward slash free webinar. And you can also see the link on my blog article, which is coming out this week. And you can see my blog on my... Uh, and the blog is blog.melanietoniaevans.com. And the details of this article on the radio show will be there. So that's it for me, everybody. Until next week. And lots of love. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.